Acts 2 verse 42 could be considered a purpose statement for the church. Quote, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. According to this verse, the purposes and activities of the church should be one, teaching biblical doctrine, two, providing a place of fellowship for believers, three, observing the Lord's Supper, and four, praying. The church is to teach biblical doctrine so we can be grounded in our faith. Ephesians chapter 4, 14 tells us, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. The church is to be a place of fellowship where Christians can be devoted to one another and honor one another, one another Romans 12, 10, instruct one another, Romans 15, 14, being kind and compassionate to one another, Ephesians 4, 32, encourage one another, 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, and most importantly, love one another, 1 John 3, verse 11, an excerpt on what is the ch- purpose of the church by gotquestions.org. You might be wondering, why did we read that? Why did I read that about the church? Well, we got a great question from one of you guys, Phil Lawson. Thanks for the question, brother. And he asked the question, can we discuss this idea of leveraging your church as a lead source without being weird or awkward? How do we do that? Mm -hmm. And what a great question that we're going to dive into today. Uh, But we wanted to start with just what is the church in general? Because the church certainly isn't simply just a place you go to get business, right? That's not the purpose of the church. That's nowhere in scripture. So we're going to dive into that. How do we leverage our church? How do we generate business in our church? Because that's a great place to do it without being weird or awkward. We're going to talk about that today. But T, man, (laughs) how are you? Yeah. We haven't been doing jokes, mm-hmm. which that's okay. This, yeah. I, I I feel like every they're, they're, they're fine with that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things that we've asked our audience what they like and what they don't. And I feel like more often than not, they don't like that. And we're just ignoring them. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> that's the biggest joke of all. We're like, actually, we're think. choosing to take the jokes out, right? You know, like we're trying to mm-hmm. honor what uh, what the people want. Give them what they yes. want and love Give them. Give the people what they want. You know, I tell Max and Brady yes. when I leave in the mornings, like I make sure that their ears are turned on because they choose not to listen to uh, mm. mommy a lot when I'm not in the house. And mm. so I turn their ears on. I just need to turn your ears on. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, but think about this. You know, the famous quote, you can have your cake and eat it too. You know, to me, which is the dumbest saying ever, isn't it? Isn't it like... Yeah. Yeah, of course you can have your cake and eat it. I I don't, what's the alternative? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we all understand what that means. To me, I get the podcast and the jokes. You know what I'm saying? But the people, we got, it's the people. It is. So if the people, we the people would like jokes, man, shoot us a message, uh, Garrett at faithfulagent.com and say, miss the jokes. That's all I need to know. Oh. And we'll bring them back. Uh, uh, I'll bring them back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we'll see. We'll see what Tyler uh, think. Actually, Phil Lawson, who gave us this question in Richmond, Virginia. Thanks again, Phil. Phil loves the jokes. Mm-hmm. So, buddy, shoot me an email so I can prove to Tyler <laughs> that it's true. One, and we're we'll need get more than on one them. email to bring one those person back. Yeah. that likes these. Yeah. No, but man, I, Phil wrote a great question again, and, and just this idea of leveraging church as a lead source without being weird or awkward. 
It's a great question mm-hmm. because as believers, we read that in this, the cold open. What is the church? We got to go there to be discipled, to be ministered to, to, to be encouraged, to go out and, and witness and share the gospel, to pray and gather with one another, right? That's the purpose of the church. And so how do we though then tell people that we're real estate agents, right? Has that ever happened to you, T? Have you ever had someone within the body of the church come to you and whether they're real estate or not, but say, man, it's great to meet you. By the way, I do this. I'm a contractor or whatever. Has that ever happened to you? I mean, you're always the first question when you're meeting somebody is, what do you do? I mean, like you're, when you're trying to get to know people. So I, I'm, that's not what I, I, I so I'm going to interrupt you because I am more holy. And so I asked them, how's your heart, brother? Mm-hmm. No, I'm totally yeah, kidding. That's not true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Mm-hmm. I, I asked them, are they thinking about moving? You know, no, I'm kidding. Sorry, you did. probably do. Okay. I probably, no, I don't. I don't do that. No, I, the what I think the distinction. This is I, there's there's some deeper layers of this, and we'll unpack. Sure. The verb leverage has such a negative connotation, right? Like when we are in terms of leveraging an asset, um, it has it implies that you are using people, right? Like when we think of yeah. leverage in terms of like financially or leveraging somebody else's assets to move the ball forward and everybody wins in that situation when you have a, a healthy amount of leverage. So if we want to think mm-hmm. about that, like when you go to purchase your home, you got to get some financial leverage so that you can own a home and your financial picture is improving in the long run by doing that and the bank is winning by you paying them interest back, right? There's a healthy balance of leverage. I don't know, I just naturally walked into that uh, metaphor. I don't know if it's appropriate to what we're talking about, but don't let the negative connotation of that um, steal away the opportunity that communing with the body of believers um, is created for, right? If you're going in thinking, I am going to be a member at three different churches so that I can grow my sphere of influence and have that many lead sources. Okay. You've missed, you've, you clearly don't know what church is and you are abusing the relationships that are there mm-hmm. and you're eroding mm-hmm. the trust that should be established with within the body of believers. Why people are willfully choosing to be in relationship with one another rooted around um, refining each other and pursuing the Lord together to grow in that direction. Now, if you're, that's truly your pursuit, the inherent desire of the church should be to love and to serve their neighbor well. If this, if I have a somebody in church that I know they, you know, they're a painter for a living. You know, the first time that I have the opportunity that I need a room painted in my house, who am I calling? I'm calling somebody in my church community that I love and that I trust. I mean, that's how we choose any service in general in the world, right? We want to find somebody that we trust and then first and then find out if they're good at it, right? So if they're in the in the body with us, we are going to trust them because we should hopefully trust. If we don't trust them, then we need to unpack that before we go anywhere, right? Um, But then, you know, we want to help equip them and help them to grow their business, help them to be successful so that they can in turn honor the Lord and have a business that is dedicated to that as well. So I, I think that just being clear about what leverage means and everybody, you know, we all have that little bit of definition in our mind, maybe somewhere than others that like, that's a bad thing. Like that I shouldn't be, I don't want to use my inner circle um, to, to grow what I do vocationally. Well, if you have shame in what you do vocationally and you're not proud of, of what you're doing, 
That's another question as well. Let's talk about that. If you're not, if you don't feel like the gifts that the Lord has given you are being um, utilized and being a real estate agent, that you're not allowed to care and love and serve the people around you in that vocation, then we need to unpack that a little bit. Um, and, and you're not allowing yourself to use the things that the Lord's given you. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. I, I think a hundred percent, man, don't go to a church because you know there's not another agent there. Yeah. Terrible idea. Don't go to a church because it's big and you think you get to meet a bunch of people. Like, let's just be clear with some things. You are not, I love that you talked about the word leverage, but you're not picking a church. You should not pick a church based on how much business you can generate. That is sinful. Mm. That is not good. That's not what the church is for. But to exactly Tyler's point, uh, so many of you know, or, or I might've mentioned before, but uh, locally here, we have Carinet Peninsula. We serve women with unplanned pregnancies. We give them free ultrasounds. Our goal is to keep them from aborting their child and to share the gospel with them, right? Um, I'm the chairman of the board of that. And one of the things I created, and I need to keep working on, but I created a website called cnpreferrals.com. So carinetpeninsulareferrals.com. Because what I wanted was, there's a bunch of Christian businesses that exist that all support this important work in this ministry. Exactly. Exactly what you said, Tyler. If I need something done, I'd much rather give my money to someone in the kingdom who's going to go and then give that money, either use it for their family or give it to their church or give it to a ministry instead of go spend it on themselves mm-hmm. or spend it towards a, a, something that is like a Planned Parenthood that's counter to what we're trying to do, right? And so I want to know, we're getting a tree cut down. What did I do? I asked our executive director, do we have someone? Yes, great. He's coming. Awesome. I'm going to use you. He's a slightly a little bit more expensive. That's okay. It's not crazy. Um, I'm excited and I'm happy to give him money, mm-hmm. right? It's that concept when it comes to our church and our church body. Now, to your point, Tyler, I think here's a couple couple thoughts for you all because I've wrestled with this for a long time. You guys know I'm 100% referral, never done anything else. Um, but I didn't want to go into my church and start meeting people and then immediately saying, great, uh, do you have an agent you refer? I'm going to add you to my database, right? Like that wasn't my intention because I didn't want it to... I didn't want, uh, certainly for not to come across that way, but I didn't want my own mind to show up on Sunday mornings and be thinking about how do I make connections to sell more homes? Mm. That's not good. That's not why we're there. And so I actually rarely even talked about it, right? Yes, exactly what you said, Tyler. Hey, what do you do for a living? Hey, I'm a real estate agent. Oh, that's awesome, man. Great. And we would get in conversation about it or they would know that I'm an agent because I'm involved in the community, right? So one of the best ways for you to quote, leverage your church or generate business out of your church is be involved, right? Show up to the Bible studies, actually be in the fellowship, get to know them so they can get to know you and what you do. And so that's where I would start. Make sure that you're involved in what's going on. Number two, over time, I think it's okay for you to, you should be generating business, right? Because just like that same mindset that we are talking about, if I need work done in my house, I'm going to see if someone in my church does it because that's where I want to go first. I want to give it to a Christian in my community. They're going to be thinking the same way, right? So uh, you should be probably generating business and that'll help you as you start to become more known as a real estate agent within the body of the church. Uh, But after a little while for me, I actually, 
actually did then go to people in my church and say, man, you know what? Uh, I do four client events a year. You know what, guys? I, I've just felt awkward. I remember having a conversation with one of my elders. I felt awkward asking you this question. If you have a real estate agent that you work with, because you're my brother in Christ, you're my elder. Like whether you do or not, I, I don't care. I'm going to show up and I'm going to serve and I want to be in relationship with you regardless. But I do all these events and I realize that a lot of the people that come are from our church and I want you to be there too. Do you have an agent you refer? No, Garrett, of course it'd be you. Well, man, I should have asked you that before. I'm sorry. I want to start bringing you out to these events, inviting you to these things, right? And so- excuse me, what's really cool is we just had one of our client events where we do free family portraits for people. Half the people that came, we had 180 people there. Half the people that came were from my church. Everyone in my church just got blessed by the work of my business to get a free family portrait for them. We frame them up, we drop them at their house, right? What a cool way to serve my church community through the work that I'm doing. So, Here's my main point in this. How, how do we keep it from being weird or awkward? Number one, don't talk about it all the time. You're not there to prospect, right? You are 1000% not there to prospect. Number two, be intentional about relationships, which you should be anyways in your church and you should be anyways in your business. But within the church, you're not going there to be in relationships so that you can generate business. You're, in, you're there to be in relationships so you can look more like Christ, right? The natural outflowing of that is they'll know who you are. So that's number two, be intentional with your relationships. And number three, be okay with the people that you've developed relationship, finally having that conversation. And if you've watched our e-course or anybody in group coaching, we've talked about this, but the way that I introduce someone to my database or ask if they have an agent is, hey, if you had someone thinking of buying or selling a home, do you have an agent you'd refer them to? Uh, No, great. I'd love to be that agent, right? If you've had those relationships within the church, it's okay to go to someone. It's okay to go uh, to your friends at church and say, ma'am, you guys know I'm an agent. One of the best ways that I stay in touch with people and serve them is through my business. And again, for me, it is, we do four client events a year. And bro, just because this feels awkward for me to ask you, I want you to be able to come to these. Uh, do you have an agent you'd refer? Well, care to be you. Man, I appreciate that. What's the best way to stay in touch? I'll make sure that you get these, right? Um, you want to put yourself out there to make sure that you have those relationships with them and be totally okay if they say, Garrett, man, I love you. I've already got, an agent, right? Great. You know that Tuesday night dinner that we have? It's dead. No, (laughs) like you should not, again, you're not showing up at the church to prospect. If you are, that's a heart issue and you need to repent of that. You're showing up to be in fellowship. And when you're in fellowship, just like the model of the the original church, right? They didn't have Zillow. They couldn't go pick a bunch of agents that lived in Bethlehem and not Nazareth. I have no idea how close those were, uh, right? Probably really far away. Um, They had a community where they all served one another. Somebody did this, somebody did that, somebody did that. And the, the church is a body of believers. We do different things. Let's support one another. And it's good. And it's, it's God honoring, in my opinion, for you to be intentional in those relationships and then say to them, by the way, man, if you guys need to buy or sell a home, uh, if you don't have an agent, I'd love to be that agent, man. I'd love to help you guys. And they're going to say, of course. And if they say, I'm not really sure, you probably have a hard issue there too, right? You're probably coming off a little too strong. 
Too many agents are feeling the weight of inauthentic action. Too many agents are bogged down with bad clients and ignoring their families. Too many agents are waking up each day, stepping into the hamster wheel and chasing an unending cycle. Well, it's time to step into something greater, my friends and fellow agents. That's why we introduced the Faithful Agent Group Coaching. If you've desired to know your God-given gifts and how to use those to build a God-honoring business, or if you long to be challenged, encouraged, and taught by other brothers and sisters in Christ who know not only your work, but also your heart, reach out to us for a call. We'd love to show you the power of a group of like-minded believers coming together to become more excellent in their work and their faith. If you want to learn more, visit faithfulagent.com backslash chat to grab a time to talk with me. Now back to the show. Last thing I'll say here, Tyler, I want your your thoughts, man. I've just dealt with this a lot or I've, I've wrestled with this a lot myself. Last thing I'll say here, if you're the agent that has no problem asking anyone and everyone, hey, do you have an agent you refer to buy or sell a home? You probably need to do it a lot less. If you're the agent who struggles to ever ask that question, you probably need to do it more, right? It's okay for you to have those conversations. It's not okay for you to make every relationship about those conversations. So man, I hope Phil and anybody else listening that that is uh, an encouragement uh, for you to say, these are these should be your people. The closest community that you have should be found within the walls of your gospel preaching church, right? And if it's not, check your heart. How much time are you investing in that community? And if it is, praise God, you're there to be sanctified. You're there to be challenged and encouraged and made to look more like Christ. And then it's okay for your brothers and sisters to refer you and want to work with you. In fact, it's a good thing. And so don't be afraid to tell them, man, I've done a bad job. It's awkward for me. I just labeled it literally. It's awkward for me to ask this. I'm going to ask this, man, I'd love to continue to serve you. So lots of thoughts on that as I've wrestled with that T man. What do you think about that, buddy? This is going to be a shorter episode, but Mm -hmm. what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's all really good. I think I like, I love when you give tactical stuff for people to kind of roll out with and really as you think about this, but so much of these, a lot of the questions that we get and a lot of the things that we talk about require some self-reflection and the heart posture that things come with. Like there's, I mean, so all of God's creation, all the things that we talk about, I mean, it is all good. Like it was all intended to be good. We just idolize things that turn it into sin, right? Like your, your job And being a real estate agent and the vocation that you have is a good thing. Like you were called into a role to be able to love and serve your neighbor, to be an expert in something that they are not. You are loving them well by doing that. They need that counsel. They need our, our, our churches, our friends, our family. They need somebody that cares enough about them to be great at what they do, right? Like now, if you're, you should be, you should want to love and to serve your church family well. So you should have a high degree of accountability, one, to the Lord, to whatever you do to be great at it, to be excellent at it as you're called into, but also two, to love them well enough to say, I wanna care for you. I wanna serve, I wanna wanna walk alongside you. I wanna be the agent that doesn't treat you like a transaction. And if I'm prospecting you at, again, don't, you should not be in church to prospect, but if you feel like I'm treating you like a prospect, you should rebuke me in that as a brother in Christ 
and you're being refined that way. So like mm. there it's you're going to have to lean into learning how to do this. You're probably going to stumble, you're probably going to mess up. You might offend people like you you need to be humble enough to recognize that, to repent of it and then but to move forward into it because what you are doing is what you've been called into or it should be, right? Like you should feel passionate about representing the Lord and what we do for a living. Everybody mm, when good. when you're speaking to people in church, you want to know how things are going at work. That's where you know, people spend half their time during the day. Like they're, they're obviously it's the raw spots in their life, the triumphs in some places in their life. Like work has so much to do with those things. We shouldn't be ashamed of who we are within the body of believers. And if we That's are, good. we got to unpack that. So uh, you got something you want to chime in on that? Yeah. Let me just, yeah. And with that, I think you're hundred percent right, man. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. One of my mentors was asking me the other day, about the the uh, the work that I do, he said, "What's your what's your competitive advantage?" And I stopped and I thought about it for a second. I said, "Man, being a believer, like mm-hmm. that that's my competitive advantage." And I'm not a believer because of that. Don't hear me say that at all. That's wicked if that's what you are doing, trying to do. But I gave that answer because I said because that means there's a ton of people that won't want won't ever want to have anything to do with me. And that's okay. There's a ton of people though that will say, man, because you're a believer and you know, like you said, Tyler, you got to be excellent. You want to work and develop your skills because you're a believer, because you're excellent. I want to work with you because I know the heart posture that I hope that you have, right? I'm not perfect in any way, but they know that my desire is to first and foremost serve and love them well for the sake and the glory of the father, not because I want to make money. I'm going to try to give them good advice. I had a client recently who said, I chose you, uh, Garrett, because on your website, it has a link to the faithful agent. And I looked at it. It was like, if this brother is a believer, I want to work with him, right? Because he want now again, I should not suck. One of the worst things I can do is be a believer and be terrible at what I do because I am not representing the Lord very well, right? Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you. This is going to have to do that myself. Um, Be excellent and be a believer, right? And that's a great combination for somebody. So again, I think at the end of the day, we have group coaching, faithfulagent.com backslash chat. Go check it out. You can have a conversation with me, learn more. But but here's my point in saying that. Every single person who has signed up for our first group we just launched, uh, or we're just about to launch, every single person, they said they wanted to be in group coaching for X, Y, and Z, but every one of them said, but I want it because I want to be coached by a believer and I want to be in a group with other believers. That's our heart and that's our desire. That's not a pitch for coaching. That's not what I mean it to be. My point is this. If you're a believer, you want to be in relationship and business with other believers. They in your church want that too. And something that is so big and so important, like buying or selling a home, they want to know there's someone who loves Jesus and is excellent at what they do because they're going to choose them all the time. And they want that from you. So be that for them. Be in relationship with them so they know it. We love you, faithful agents. This is a great question, Phil. Keep them coming, guys. Post them on the Facebook group. Email me, Garrett, at faithfulagent.com. We love your thoughts. We love your comments, your feedback. We're going to keep getting to more and more of your questions. Agents, we will see you next week. 
Hey, Faithful Agents, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope it encouraged you to both grow your business and your faith. And as always, make sure you share this episode with a friend who you think would be encouraged by it. And join us on our Facebook group if you aren't there yet to come together with the other faithful agents around the country. Just go to facebook.com and search The Faithful Agent. And if you want to be encouraged more locally, because after all, local groups is where the real growth and change happens, go to faithfulagent.com backslash local groups to check out what we've got going on. And if there isn't a group near you, you can reach out to us right there and tell us you're interested in starting your own. Thank you as always for tuning into this episode. We hope to see you next week. Thank you.